Hump Day Quickie's Swingers Confessions is intended for mature audiences only and contains explicit language and sexual situations. This is not intended as any professional advice. Welcome to Hump Day Quickie's Swinger Confessions. Here in the sex apartment, we share our own sex-positive stories and welcome our friends to open up about their experiences in the ethically non-monogamous lifestyle. Over the past year, we have received tons of phone calls to our hotline sharing compliments, suggestions, questions, and some very sexy stories. We share some of those calls with you. Stories about parking garage sex, swinger camping with orgy towers, and reconnection sex. And we're back at the sex park. Just you and me. Just us again. But this one's going to be a little different. Not our stories, but... Some of our callers. Yes. To our hotline. Yes, our hotline, which there has been some confusion lately. A little bit. To be clear, <laughs> the number 844-4HUMPDAY is a real phone line. You, and you really do get a voicemail. Yes. Where you can leave a message. Yes. There has been some confusion because hump day is seven letters, but when you add that four, it becomes eight numbers. You don't dial the Y... So for those of you outside of the country, plus one, then 844-448-6732. So leave off the Y, 844-448-6732. 844-4-HUMPDAY. Hopefully we've cleared that up for you. Yes. <laughs> All that out of the way. I say we jump in straight to our first call. What do you think? Absolutely. Gee, Nefa, greetings from Australia. I uh, just wanted to thank you. Well, greetings from normally Sydney. I'm in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I've had a uh, six and a half hour drive, which has felt like about 10 minutes after hearing your podcast. It's been fantastic. I'm sat here smiling, laughing on the edge of my seat. It's great. Just wanted to uh, also say, gee, it's really refreshing to hear someone speak so lovingly and respectfully about their partner. And uh, Nessa, I have to say, my God, you have a gorgeous voice. And also to hear a strong, confident woman, it's a strong, confident, sexual woman, it's beautiful. Guys, I just wanted to thank you very much. I'm so pumped I found your podcast. I sat here listening episode after episode. So thank you guys very much. The funny thing is I find myself a little bit of a combination of you both after hearing your origin stories. I grew up in a very Catholic family. and What ignited my fantasies and desires is actually finding porn on my stepdad's laptop. I uh, absolutely love FM and threesomes and uh, sharing a woman with the focus on her. I guess that's a bit of a throwback to growing up in a single mother household with sisters and just wanting to, uh, to please them. Being blessed with the fact that I've traveled the world with my role, I've lived in Sweden, so have everything from my first MFM threesome with a couple in Stockholm after meeting them at a nightclub to my girlfriend at the time, wife now, picking up a bartender in, in Italy to everything in between. Some funny, some horrible, some amazing. I'm absolutely fucking brilliant. Guys, again, I just wanted to thank you. It's a brilliant podcast. Love the stories. Nessa, love your voice. G, really love hearing the way you uh, speak to her and the her. Keep it up. Guys, thank you. It uh, really made me traveling on a Sunday for work in the middle of nowhere. It's been a great drive for me. So thanks. Cheers. Well, first off, I'm a sucker for an Australian accent, so that just <laughs> makes me so happy. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd enjoy that one. <laughs> what really spoke to me on that call was when he started listing all the different experiences that he's had. Yeah. And how wide-ranging every experience was, from just an MFM with a couple that picked him up at a bar in Stockholm to him and his girlfriend picking up some random chick to couple swaps, you name it. The all-encompassing world of the lifestyle. Yeah, all good to bad, everything in between. Yes. That's awesome. And that's very much what our experiences have been as well. We've run the gamut of experiences. Yes, we have. One of those experiences that you had and Holly also had was garage sex. Parking garage. Yes. Yes. 
And if you remember back the last time we did one of these call-in shows, caller named Adam called in. Mm-hmm. Well, he called back with this story. Oh, Adam. Hey, Nessa. Hey, G. This is Adam here from California. I was a little bit behind on listening to Hump Day Quickies and just caught up on the October 5th episode. And it's pretty flattered to hear my name and hear my story come on. Anyway, I wanted to follow up and just say my experience was really similar to Nessa's. Uh, there's a specific spot in the parking garage that we went. There weren't a lot of positions, but basically we'd crawl in the back seat and she would jump on and ride me. Similar to Nessa's experience, you know, we were both tested. We were both clean. We didn't use protection. She would keep her panties and her pants to one side, and I would always finish inside of her. And uh, she would promptly spin off really quick, manage to keep me inside of her, pull on her panties, and, and then she'd go back to the office throughout the rest of the day and just feel my cum drip out of her until she uh, went home and saw her husband. Anyway, I just uh, appreciate the fact that you shared my story. I think it's pretty hot. Thanks again for sharing and hope to hear more from you guys. Boy, do I know that move, that spin and twist and quickly pull the panties on because you don't want any mess or drippage. (laughs) Brings back memories. In all honesty, I was hoping to have a little more car sex this summer, maybe widen our gamut of activities or locations and things like that. It's hard to want to have sex in a car when you have an apartment where you can have sex. Yes, or a club. I get it. (laughs) And it was one of those... Maybe we do some more activities where one thing leads to another and, hey, we're not near the apartment or whatever, and we have this opportunity. Yes. And I understand that. I feel like the car sex stuff is something that just has to happen on its own. Oh, absolutely. You can't plan it. No. Mm -mm. It really loses. Well, then again, you planned your regular garage car sex. That was different, but that was our option at the time. We didn't really go out of our way to get like a hotel room or we used an office when we had a chance. So it wasn't like we were going to go drive somewhere. Obviously, we knew what was going to happen, but it wasn't a matter of we planned it like, okay, meet me at our spot. It wasn't like that. I'm just amazed that I'm 47, have a sex podcast, and have never had sex in a car. I'm surprised as well. Do you want to check that off your list? I mean, we can make that happen. I I think I do. Okay. And just to get it out of the way, that's going to be the time that I get arrested. I think the whole get arrested (laughs) thing was always in the back of my head. Like, how does this end badly for me, you know? Yeah, no, I understand that. I actually never thought that far ahead. Like, I always would be worried if I saw somebody coming, I'd be worried and I'd duck. But I never really thought through the, oh, well, what happens next? Because I always felt like we were in places where it was more of a security guard than it was Mm -hmm. a policeman. So it was like, I'm pretty sure they're just looking the other way. They're like, oh, I see what's happening there. And we're just going to keep walking. I don't know. I just never felt like I was going to go to jail. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like that. It was like a slap on the wrist, if anything, a knock on the window, like, hey, wrap it up, got to go kind of thing. Right. And and that's kind of what I would picture it, unless it was something in a location that would be like, dude, there's kids like right there. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Every time from the time I was a teenager, anytime I had sex in a car, it was always discreet location, not public enough to mean anything. So does our next caller have something we can check off our list too? Our next caller has something that I check off my list frequently. Okay, let's hear it. Hi, this is Fred. I was just going to tell you a story. I just listened to your latest one for 29th November. I've been listening to you guys for a while. I really do share what G gets into with regard to watching a uh, significant other or spouse baby fuck. Story back when in 2000, in my late 30s, early 40s, lived with a uh, French lady. I lived in the upstairs portion of her house. We dated for a period of time. She needed help with rent, actually keeping her mortgage and such, so she put me upstairs. And it turned into a situation to where we would date a little bit, but then she would also date others. I would date others. And after she was done with the date, it could be midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, and he would go home. I would come downstairs, butt naked, have sex with her after she had been having sex all night or that evening. I really enjoyed it regard to just the feeling and she would be still hot from the sex they just had, be sweaty, loved it, getting on top of her or behind her or whatever it might be, my cock going inside her. It felt really silky and smooth. She'd been having sex for a while. Plus the heat, the smell of sex, it was just fantastic during that time. I always remember it, still fantasize about it at times. We did go to clubs ourselves together 
And one of the fantasies I did have is watching her get fucked. Personally, just watch her get fucked. I finally had that opportunity when she was dating a guy she got married to later on. But I just watched them. I heard them in the uh, bedroom having sex. Peeked in. Gave me such a raging heart on. I almost came watching. It was a purple header. I've never been that hard in my life since, but it's fantastic. I understand where she's coming from, but it is quite erotic, at least to me, my little quirk, as everybody has. But I share that with you. Like your show. Hope things are well with you. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. I will say that I noticed at Naughty, the times that I was watching you get fucked, mm-hmm. I was incredibly hard. To the point that Nick and Elizabeth stopped by during one of the encounters. I put her hand on my cock and she was like, whoa. Because <laughs> she was probably wasn't expecting that in that moment. But watching you engage in sexual activity is always a huge turn on for me. It's nice to hear a perspective of similar nature. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's easy to feel like the odd one out, especially in your case. But a lot of times you sitting back and watching, it's easy to forget how involved you really are, even though you're not actually physically involved, but you are really getting turned on and you are enjoying every Mm -hmm. ounce of that interaction just as much as the person who's physically involved with it. We discount that a lot, but to hear, well, there's more to it. There's when I get home and when you get to fuck me and there's you know the i'm fucking my freshly fucked wife and Mm -hmm. this is a huge turn on not only did i get to watch it go down but now i get to finish it off and enjoy all of the silkiness yes i love how you called it silkiness that's such a great descriptor it's just nice to have that validation you know i completely agree i'm gonna break this into two separate things though okay first off What I want to try more of, because when we're both playing at the same time, if you're really into it, me hearing that and seeing that puts me over the edge way too fucking quick. I've noticed that before. So what I kind of want to do is hold back, watch you play. You can play with both of the couple or the female can come sit by me and watch if she's into watching as well. I no doubt I'm going to get aroused during all this. Then as you're reaching the end, I start interacting at that point. And then the play continues there where now you are finished and get a chance to watch me. I could see that working out. I'm surprised that we haven't seen more of that. I think it's more of a difficulty in waiting for your turn, essentially. I am very good at waiting for my turn. You are. I think I have skipped my turn in the past because it's one of those read the room. Me and the guy just finished. Why are you starting up now? So right when I'm to that You're talking point about of, me and the guy have finished. Yes. And now you're just getting started. Now I'm ready to get started. Yeah. Not every couple is going to be into this because not every guy wants to sit back and just watch. Right. He may not be okay with, okay, well, I'm done now. So why are we even still here? Let's go. I'm finished. It's going to be a nice balance of finding a couple that both parties like to watch the other. And See, I was just thinking you could put like a piece of duct tape over my mouth and maybe put some like headphones on or something so you can't hear me and maybe like a blindfold too. So then you can't hear me and see me, but you can start when we're starting. <laughs> but then just I'm missing the hottest me- part of it. And that's, <laughs> I, was I know, obviously, but that's the thing. I want to focus on seeing your interaction. But at the same time, I'm also very interested in interacting myself. But on the levels of things that I want to happen or engage in, seeing you enjoying yourself is number one. And I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. But if we're playing with a couple, is that truly fair to the female of the couple who's now linked up with you that she has to wait for you to be turned on by seeing and hearing me versus letting her have the moment of I get to turn you on as well. And I get that. Because a lot of what turns me on when I'm with somebody else is the fact that I am turning them on, Mm -hmm. like feeling how hard they're getting, watching them want me, feeling the kind of the heat of the passion between us is a whole lot of the mental game that goes into turning me on. So are we taking that away from her by having you be turned on by strictly what you're seeing and hearing coming from me? Right. And that would be my biggest concern. And I get that. But at the same time, who's desires do we discount most then? Do I have to go, ah, you know what? Oh, well, I can't watch her do it. I need to focus on this other girl. It's a tough call. I I know. I mean, you want to be able to be turned on. You don't want to necessarily put yourself in a position where you're not able to get turned on. And don't think for one second that I'm not turned on by the other female. I'm just saying 
that aside, I still like to watch your interaction. Now, granted, by the time it's over, I'm going to be very turned on. Well, And this sounds to me like a situation that would call for a lot of explanation beforehand. Mm-hmm. You would have this conversation with the female, you and her, maybe not even me and the male so much, but you and her need to have that conversation where you're saying, this isn't about me taking something from you, or you have to be clear about what your needs are in that scenario and what you're trying to get at and how ultimately that will benefit her in the long run, but there has to be this allotted time where you can sit back and watch. Mm -hmm. This also goes into other aspects of play where there are couples that are not same room. We just recently met a couple that doesn't play in the same room. And I think we both had very good connections with each of them. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how we could make that work in their scenario. We would, again, have to have that conversation with that couple and knowing why they are separate room. Because from my understanding, most separate room couples struggle to be in the moment and struggle to have a good moment if their partner is in the room with them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a whole list of other reasons why you can be a separate room couple or what benefits you by being a separate room couple. But that's just one of them that I know. So I don't know if bringing them into the room to watch or having somebody else watch would throw them off their game. The other thing I'm thinking of is what if the situation happened here mm-hmm. where one of us was out here with one of them in and the, the other was in the bedroom yeah. where I could, without a doubt, hear you. Right. <laughs> and I wonder if that connection would be enough for me. It kind of goes back to the blindfold. But also kind of being taken out of it where you can't see, mm-hmm. do you then become more involved in the situation in front of you right. versus needing to see and watch me? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where I understand when you're in the room with me, that's the, ooh, I can't take my eyes off of her. This is so hot and it's such a turn on. But now I'm not right in front of you. Now right. I'm far enough away where... Sure, you can hear me having fun, but you don't see it. So therefore, it's not taking your immediate focus away. Right. So would that then be a better situation for you in that you could get involved with what's in front of you, at least with what you're seeing Mm -hmm. and not be taken out of it by having to focus on me? Or would it be worse because now you're only focused on, oh, I can hear her. Now, what is she doing? Like, what am I trying? Yeah, what, what is... What are the positions she's in? It sounds muffled. Is her face in the pillow? You know, like. (laughs) You are inside my head. Wow. (laughs) And then the other option is bunk bed swapping, where we'd have to find a bunk bed first. But we heard about this. Yes. And I and ever and I'm since, still obsessed with the idea you of trying this. You cannot get it out of your head. I have looked at Airbnbs and gone, oh, there's a bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, something to think about. Yes. See where that takes us and the effect that might have. Nick and Elizabeth have been pushing and pushing and pushing camping. And they're not the only ones. Others have pushed for me to explore the great outdoors, and it's not my thing, and I've been abundantly clear about that. But Well, we've been told we're such city folk, we don't really even know the difference between the sounds of a cricket and a tree frog. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, here's a camper story. This is Jay. This is Mel. We were just listening to one of your podcasts. And you guys wanted some more sexy stories. We have a good one. By the way, we do love your podcast. It's amazing. So we're on a camping trip called Lube and Tube, where a bunch of swingers get together. We rent a big old spot in a campground. We go tubing down the river and just have a blast for a weekend. Or We actually turned it into three days now. So it's amazing. So last year was amazing because we do play separate. I went off, played with a girl I've really had a lot of interest in in a long time. That was a lot of fun. I got back and that really turned Mel. Sure does. Got back and she's like, well, it's my turn now. And there's one guy she really likes having fun with. So she dragged him back and his wife. We get back to the camp, right? Of course, I wanted to watch. They start fooling around and then me and his wife decide we want to watch. Well, that turned to all of us playing around a little bit. And then some other friends knock on the door. Like, okay, more the merrier. Let's have some fun. Of course, me, Jay, my other friend's name is Jay. He's a good conductor. And he decides to turn it into a tower of swingers. So we have Mel on the bottom. 
and then we have a guy crisscrossed on top of her, and then Jay's wife on top of him, and then our other friend Ross's wife on top of her. And then you have me taking the pictures because, you know, I already got off. I'm like built like a musket. I shoot once and that's it. I'm done. So we have people having sex and all these different angles and people going down on each other and all these different angles. And it was just absolutely amazing. One of the most fun swinger experiences we've had yet. But we have tons and tons of fun stories and weird stories. and Funny stories. <laughs> yeah. I may be able to be talked into a swinger <laughs> camping trip, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. A lube in tube. I could be talked into something like this. I absolutely love that name. Yes. That's, that's, that's I figured you'd like that. <laughs> I want to go on a lube in tube. There are certain portions of camping that have no interest whatsoever to me. I know. I love hanging out with people. Yes. And if I'm in a camper, okay, I could probably get over it. And if there's lots of swingers and sex happening all over the place, I'm sure I can get past a lot of stuff. So maybe uh, next year we will mix in a camping trip or two. We'll see. Really? Uh, I said we'll see. Slow down. <laughs> oh, you're getting me so excited over now, here. I, I mean, seriously, would you, would you be good with a swinger camping trip? In a camper, yes. My problem with camping and swinging is cleanliness. Mm-hmm. From what I grew up doing camping was tent camping. I mean, you're really not that clean. And mm-hmm. if you are, you're going to showers that are creepy and I don't like the bugs. If I'm deterred from camping, it's because of bugs. It's That's pretty much what it boils you. down to. But if you have a camper, you have a shower there and you have a bed, by all means, count me in. So right now all I'm thinking is tour bus, multiple bunk beds and just... <laughs> Crazy bunk Wait, bed sex bunk everywhere bed now. Sex. See? Here we go. Yep. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. We're going to do it. <laughs> Got to find a tour bus now. I was thinking more of like a larger bed, but well, yeah, you know that how like too. campers have They're the in the, bed back, in the back. In the, the star bed. Yeah, I get <laughs> it. What I do love about a lot of our voicemails is a lot of people will leave us questions. Mm-hmm. Frequently, they're leaving us a message saying, hey, please don't use my voice on the air, but I have this question. Most of the time, we can get back to people. Sometimes they don't leave enough information to let us get back to them. I always feel bad that we didn't. Yeah. Speaking of advice, we did get a call from someone who specifically asked not to share, but I wanted to play it for you, and then you and I can give the question and what our opinion might be. Okie doke. So first of all, she has a beautiful accent. She does. She states that she's had a very long-term monogamous relationship with her husband that is also open to them having sex with other people. Just her having sex with other people. So essentially a hot wife scenario where she sleeps with other men, her husband watches or is aware of her going out to do this on her own. She goes on to say that while it works for their marriage and it sounds like it ignites some hot sex for them, she also doesn't 100% always feel it, feel the vibe before going into these things. And then once she's into the other guy or once everything gets started, she feels it and it's okay, but it's kind of getting getting over that initial hump of, well, I don't really want to do this at first, and then kind of having to get there. Now, she didn't really go into a lot of explanation on, well, then why do you do this if you're not really that into it, which would make me think that it's something that turns her husband on quite a bit and that she enjoys the aftermath of that. Yes, and she also seems to enjoy the action as the action is happening. It's the... But the train of thought leading up to it is a challenge, and she wants to know how to get over that challenge. And honestly, I'm probably not the person to ask for this. No, no, indeed you're not. I have many of these same hangups. Getting ready to go out to the club, you can be the first one to attest. You're there with me. I go through a whole anxiety meltdown of I'm not ready for this. I don't have anything to wear. I don't look good tonight. I don't feel good tonight. I don't want to go. I I give you probably 100 excuses before we head out the door, most of which you're very accepting of and just say, you know, you kind of go with the flow and you're like, well, you I kind of sit back and let you talk through it and I don't push and I don't insist, but I don't at the same time go, okay, well then let's not go. While the option's always there to not go, Mm -hmm. I don't throw it out there. If you don't want to go, say we're not going and stop getting ready. We're not going. That's fine. But I am very much a baby when it comes to (laughs) 
getting ready for these things. And I go through a whole mental turmoil of things that are not true, are things I tell myself, are ways I tear myself down. It's very evident in my mind that I don't have a solid self-esteem base where I can just say, no, fuck it, who cares, I'm going. I don't know if it's all based in self-esteem. A lot of it is anxiety. A lot of it is social anxiety. A lot of it is nerves. Any other combination of number of things that I go through just to just to get to the club. Mm-hmm. When we're there, I'm very much like her. I, I One or two drinks in, nerves are shaken off a bit. I start talking to people we know. I feel very comfortable. I get one or two compliments. And I'm starting to relax. And I'm like, okay, this is not nearly as bad as, you know, I made it out to be before we left the house. But I am my own worst enemy. I will tell myself everything under the sun to deter myself from having most of our interactions. One thing I can suggest to her husband is not to point out how much fun you have every time you go. (laughs) This is correct. (laughs) That doesn't work. Boy, that sure blows up in your face when you do that. So while I am not the person to ask because I haven't quite found the answer to this, I will say that double checking with yourself that you are doing this for reasons that are good for both yourself and your partner is probably just the number one question to ask yourself and to make sure that, okay, yes, for me, yes, I have these anxieties. Yes, I have these internal voices that want to fight me all the time. But ultimately, am I enjoying myself? Ultimately, is this something that is hurting me or helping me? Or is this something I enjoy doing? Or is this really something I completely despise doing? And I'm just somehow doing this to appease you or to make our relationship fit your box. And as long as I can answer those questions, you know, in the right way where, no, this is something that I do for me as well as for our relationship. This is something I'm getting something out of. This is something I'm enjoying. Then as long as I can have those quote unquote correct answers, then yes, somehow I just have to get over those feelings or I have to figure out a way to like some sort of routine on the nights that we go to the club that is more relaxing of a lead up and it's an easier transition. Whatever I have to figure out, I have to figure out in the meantime. But I feel like as long as the basis is there, as long as there's a solid foundation for why I'm doing it, then getting over those anxieties should be a little easier. I can't simplify. I, and I agree. And it's, I wish I had the answer because then I would make our nights going to the club much smoother. I mean, we've tried edibles. <laughs> we've tried being very prepared, having my outfit outfits selected. selected. Yep. Uh, we've tried the pre The pre-parties actually were part of this mm-hmm. where it's a, we're going to baby step our way into it where we're hanging out with couples in a vanilla setting where there are zero expectations yep. and we're just hanging out and then we go from there. It's hit or miss. Yep how I react and I can say that I really want to go to the club and two nights and today and I feel excellent about it but then two nights from now I'm like absolutely not I cannot go tonight this is not how I'm feeling this is not the vibe I'm feeling I'm sorry that I do that to you sweetie (laughs) I still love you thank you we have a caller named Kyle who called in with this question Hello, my name is Kyle. I didn't have more of a story I was looking to share, but rather uh, more of a question for you guys. I have had experience being a single male within the lifestyle. That is how I was first actually introduced to the lifestyle. All of a sudden, I found a threesome app. I started messing around in there. I ended up finding about SLS. I'm recently in a new relationship now and been together for about a year and four months now. At the start of the relationship, I I expressed that polyamory and that this lifestyle was something I was very interested in exploring and getting to learn more about. She was willing to try with me. We have had three different threesomes so far. They've always been with a single male as she's wanted to explore her bi side a lot more. I've been wanting to kind of explore playing around with couples and I come to the issue with her that I don't know if she's just as excited about it as me. I know I am the more hypersexual person within the relationship, but I was just looking for different ways to boost her confidence. She doesn't have the greatest self-esteem, even though she's a beautiful, gorgeous girl with curves in all the right places. We went ahead. We have a field 
profile linked together. We've gone ahead and we matched with couples. But as far as actually kind of setting up the date, we're both very busy. I work in healthcare. She works as a bartender. So it gets very difficult with us trying to find time for it to work out on when we can meet up with the couple and then eventually just leads to us talking and then never anything happening from it. I was just looking to get some sort of advice about how can I just address this with her a little bit better, get her a little bit more excited just because I feel that I am the one instigating it the majority of the time and I want it to be, hey, like this is a thing for us. This isn't pleasure focused on me. Even during the threesomes, I've always made sure that she was always the center of attention and reassured her during it. There's no problems of any jealousy or anything like that that we've experienced so far. I do know with myself and my own lifestyle, I've only ever been having the threesome with her or I've been lucky enough to be the single male entering into another couple's relationship. So I have yet to actually experience um, a foursome or more some, but that has been one of my biggest fantasies and I've been having the desire to try and fulfill that. Just my question comes down to what is something I can kind of use to help kind of test the waters a little bit more with her and what she's comfortable with and still being respectful of her boundaries and making sure that we have trust and communication throughout the whole thing. But it's just something I feel that I've always been instigating and I just don't want it to ever seem like a point that it's just me trying to push this lifestyle on her as much. Uh, thanks so much. I just came across your guys' podcast about a week ago, and I've just been binging it since I've been loving listening to it. And it's been really exciting and love your guys' dynamic between each other and all the couples that you play with. It's very fun and something I'm looking to find in my own life as well. Uh, thanks so much, and you guys have a great day. This is somewhat of a tough question. It really is. He's doing all of the right things from what he's saying and what I'm gathering. I is, would agree completely. You know, he's making sure she's the center of attention and that she's having a great time and that he's trying very hard not to be pushing this on her, but letting her kind of go at her own pace. All of those things are the right thing. But ultimately, she has to be the one who wants to continue to pursue things. She can't feel as though she's doing this or participating in this to somewhat appease him. That's a hard gray area to try to fill because she has to be honest with him about why she's doing this. And if she is doing this for all of the right reasons and if she's having a good time and having fun doing it. And maybe just be honest about what she gets out of it. If she's not getting anything out of it or not feeling a closer bond with him over it, it won't continue to improve or get any better. It's just going to be continued to be like just something she's doing to maintain the relationship between her and Kyle. Correct me if I'm wrong. The step from a woman engaging with another woman in some mild play back and forth versus her now having sex with a completely different guy mm -hmm. is a very big difference for most women. The little bit of kissing and touching to turn your boyfriend, partner slash whatever on Mm -hmm. while engaging with this third female that happened to be there versus, okay, now I've met this guy and within one date, maybe two dates, I'm willing to have sex is a big jump for people that aren't fully prepared to be in the lifestyle. Right. So I think he has to take that in mind, first of all. He's definitely the more experienced one of the two. So he has kind of this background information that without knowing what their conversations are between the two of them, without knowing what she knows and what she doesn't know about the lifestyle, it's hard to say where her head would be at. Mm -hmm. But him having more experience is almost a detriment to her because she can be like, well, you've been through this. Well, you know what this is like. You, you've you seen this from different angles, you know, and now bringing her into it and having that basic knowledge that she doesn't have, she still needs to learn that. As far as confidence goes, honestly, my biggest boost in confidence was feeling attractive to both male and female partners when we would meet up with couples, even single males, having that sexual attention on you and having somebody compliment your body type, your figure, or, you know, you take your clothes off, then complimenting how you look then. Also, just the flirting, the feeling wanted, the feeling chased, all of those things add up and then they end up helping build some confidence. But you do need kind of a small boost of confidence to get you in the door mm -hmm. to a place where you're going to get that kind of attention. Or if there's not a club type atmosphere, then maybe she can run their account on, you know, uh, or maybe make a single girl account and start getting some attention that way to s just to feel what it's like to be kind of lusted after. Mm -hmm. 
And that may boost her wanting to proceed further down this pathway. My suggestion was going to be, and I know they have limited time, but set up a very clear, we are just going out to hang out date. With right, a couple. with absolutely no sex. And make it very clear at the beginning, we are not having sex tonight. We mm-hmm. are simply going to meet this couple and then engage in that heavy flirting right. and see how she feels. Yeah. The other thing I would suggest is start discussing his fantasies and what he would like to see. Maybe she has no interest in that. And if she doesn't, then sorry, you're stuck with unicorns the rest of your life. But, eh, you know, <laughs> could be worse, I guess. My only concern about him giving her his fantasies if they don't necessarily include her, that could ostracize. This. Well, I mean, I imagine, and again, when he said that she's always the center of attention, mm-hmm. maybe he's not having sex with this third person and his goal is to have sex with the female half of a couple. So she's actively having sex with him while he finally gets to play. Right. I don't know. We didn't have enough background. Yeah. But I'm assuming that when they engage with this other woman that he is interacting with her as well and that he actually wants to see her do more things. And so if also- that's the case, then yeah, that's something he should share with her i don't know how he's following these interactions with her if he's setting it in stone that their relationship is number one that their relationship comes first she comes first and that every part of the lifestyle is just an additional benefit to the relationship and not as important to him as just the two of them coming from a world where you are dating monogamously for your whole life and that's what you know to be true then when something like this happens you start to question your own reality in the sense of well wait is it supposed to be monogamous and are we supposed to be doing this does this mean he doesn't love me does this mean that we can't have our relationship, that we have to open our relationship to all of these other thoughts and ideas. And so it takes a lot of time to kind of wrap your head around all of these new thoughts and ideas about relationships that you never really ventured down, especially if you have any traumatic past with like somebody who's cheated on you in the past or something like that, then double up the time that it's going to take you to wrap your head around this. He has to also put in the work to let her know that, yes, he's having sex with these other people, or yes, he's interacting with these other people, but they are not his main focus, that she's truly his main focus. Even if she's being the main focus during the event of the sex, that's great, but also it has to be outside of that as well. I think the key is baby steps and communication. Yes, very, very slow, lots and lots of communication. We've mentioned recently that I'm a sucker for a Southern accent. Oh boy. And anytime somebody calls looking for help, especially with a Southern accent, I'm more than happy to help. Hey, super fan here, me and my husband both. I have turned him on to your guys' podcast and he listens, I swear, daily. Comes home with all kinds of new information because we're new into the lifestyle. Very excited about the lifestyle. Kind of a drab place where we live, so the lifestyle's not very... uh, spicy around here. Was going to tell you a quick story. I did, because I'm an amazing wife, ended up giving my husband a wonderful birthday present. I brought home two ladies from our local little hole-in-the-wall bar on the evening where he had nothing expected. I mean, honestly, I didn't either, but of course, he calls me the predator because I'm the one who always gets everyone to go home with us. It was super hot. These ladies, they were friends. They weren't even together, and we ended up home. We ended up, both of us pleasuring both ladies while he's fucking one on the couch rather hard and I'm sensually eating one out on the floor, and there was lots of titty action and pussy play and lordy pete it was so good my husband he just walks around with his chest bowed out because he just is so excited that this happened we enjoy having a good time we've been together 22 years and we are just living it up we're empty nesters we're in our 40s just having a wonderful time i will tell you love the podcast it has taught us so much what to expect what not to expect Some things have happened that we were like, oh, well, why is this happening? And then we listened to two episodes and you guys are like, this is normal. It is normal for a guy not to be hard all the way or, you know, have a little difficulty because he's the threesome. Your episodes have given me, as a plus-size woman, a lot of confidence. Hearing all the other ladies love Nessa to death, hearing G just, you know, 
praise women and their bodies. It just is amazing. So there's four. Thanks again. Not a very happening place in the South, but we're trying. We've joined some groups. Um, we know we may have to travel a little bit closer, maybe to Jacksonville or so. Still haven't got the amazing confidence to go to a club yet because I just keep thinking, what the hell am I going to wear? Anyways, we are on SLS and we are Two Wonder Freaks 3606. We need some damn action. Looking so much looking for another couple to have fun with. Uh, Very hard to find. We seem to find singles a little bit more, which is crazy. And ladies around here are definitely horny, which I am not upset about, nor is my husband. I really do appreciate all the things you guys are teaching us and keep the stories coming. We both are like, what episode did you listen to today? So awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks again. Can't wait to listen next Wednesday. Thanks. Bye. She is an excellent wife. I was going to say, she says she needs some help, but uh, shit seems to be going just fine. But that being said, they did throw out their SLS handle. If you guys are down south and happen to be near them, by all means, feel free to reach out and say hi. They sound like a really fun couple. They do indeed. And that whole message just, I was just smiling from ear to ear for that whole thing. Lordy Pete, I'm sure you were. I just love it. Absolutely. And it's every woman's downfall that she doesn't know what to wear to the club. So wear whatever makes you most comfortable. 100%. And makes you feel confident and sexy. The rest will be history. And bring an outfit change if you feel the need to. Or two or three. Just in case you think maybe your mood will change. The first thing is most comfortable. And you don't even have to change. I never change. You don't. I mean, unless it's to take my clothes off. Right. I was going to say, you you go from (laughs) zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. I figure it's silly to have it in between. Not going to stop you, dude. Don't worry. (laughs) Here's another call from someone sharing their first visit to a club. Oh, maybe she can tell us what to wear. (laughs) Hi, guys. My name's Lacey. I am over here on the West Coast in Cali. I was going to share today my experience with my first time going to a club with my partner seven years ago now. I wouldn't call us experienced because we are very on and off and more the times when we're off is mostly because we are having a really hard time finding some place that we like or other people that are in the lifestyle that are in our general area. Surprisingly enough, California, not as woke as you would think. (laughs) So our first time going anywhere was at a, unfortunately, a very dingy, rundown, not great club. We were a little uncomfortable and first of just in general because it was our first time ever being there. And then once we were there, we sort of lightened up, but it was still kind of one of those places where you're like, "Mm, how does this meet health codes? (laughs) But it was ended up being a lot of fun. I kind of we broke the ice by they had a body painter there. And so I got, you know, the Monet lily pad painting. I got that done on my tips. And at that point, somebody had come up and started talking to us, talking about how great my my tits were. And then her and I, the female and I started talking chit chat. Little do we realize, but we're being led back into the back where they have the playrooms and we're having a great time. We start playing with them and a lot of girl on girl, which is always my favorite. All of a sudden, people start coming to watch, and I just start inviting them to join. By the time we had all finished, I realized that I had just started a giant orgy within the club with nearly everybody who was willing to participate that was in the club. It had to have been at least 15 to 20 people. We took over an entire room. It was a lot of fun. Still not a place that we ever went to again. It ended up being a lot of fun and a great way to dive in, you know, first time ever going somewhere and all of a sudden you hang out starting an orgy. What else could make a better first time? But again, my name's Lacey and stay sexy, guys. Lacey, you are invited to our club whenever you want. Amen. (laughs) If you are going to start a 15 person orgy, by all means. We are down. Yes. We have heard lots of clubs, not as nice, high end, high class, you name it. Mostly because a a lot of people aren't looking to make money out of doing this. They're just looking to create an environment where people can meet and get together. One of the downfalls is that because they're not looking to make money and probably not charging ridiculous amounts to get in, they can't 
maintain, update, and all that, a place that would be similar to a high-tech nightclub. Well, and they can't really be in frequented areas. They always are shoved off into some grubby little hole of a town or the crummy parts of town because nobody wants to walk past the sex club, Right. you know, when they're going to the regular clubs, which I think is absolutely ridiculous, but that's okay. But that being said, A plus for still going and giving it a shot. Give it a shot. while you're there creating an orgy. Well, how many people do we know? Actually, how unlucky are we that we continually meet people at our local club that are not local? Yes. (laughs) And it's like, oh, we love you guys. You know, where do you guys live? And it's never within 45 minutes. Oh, you've never been here and are planning on coming back again. Great. That's lovely. Yeah. People travel. People travel to go to clubs that they like. So if you find a place you like and it's a couple hours from home, make it a weekend trip. But it's worth finding a place that you enjoy because for us, our club is, we're lucky enough that it's close by, but I would travel for our club if it were further away. Absolutely. And we know a lot of people that do travel two, three, four hours to get to it. Yeah. And while they can't go every weekend, they try to go every other month or twice a year even. Right. Or the big parties or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. It's worth finding a place that you really enjoy going to. Yes. Speaking of places that we may or may not enjoy going to, we have a caller from a state that I've never been to and may require me being a little more open to camping. (laughs) But based on some communications we've had with this couple, I think we'd be interested in making this trip. Gee, Nessa, good morning from Montana. Just got a call and and fill your guys' ears with phrases. I started your podcast about three days ago. And let me tell you what, I have been binging it. I sit in a piece of heavy equipment for nine to 10 hours a day. Luckily, I've got a nice enough one with Bluetooth that I can just binge you guys. It has been fantastic. It's just something different. It's not not the cliche podcast. And you guys really touch on a lot of subjects. My wife and I are still very, very new to the lifestyle. We've had one experience in the last nine months. It didn't go as planned. A lot to learn from that. It's really been a good experience just listening to you guys. It brings to rise things that you have to think about uh, for you and your partner and your relationship and your ex what you expect out of the lifestyle, what you look to get out of it. Everybody's in it for different reasons. The sexy moments, Nessa being tied up and crying mercy was probably the second hottest thing. I do want to shout out Echo and Falcon. I tell you what, this three-quarter million doll could have stopped in a quick hurry when uh, you guys were talking about Feather. It's just the way Echo broke that down, it's just, I had to stop. And it's just an awe. I mean, then I showed it to the missus. We discussed something of a similar situation and it made for an amazing night after you get home and shower. I appreciate that. The, the missus had started listening to the podcast and it's very clear that like you guys say, when you even go home and discuss with your partner fantasies or experiences at playtime, how much you connect in that open discussion. I uh, unlocked a new kink yesterday. So I was on the phone with my best friend. I was talking to him about our lifestyle and our journey so far. He's uh, a vanilla friend, he and his wife. He likes the idea of the lifestyle, but he, his wife is definitely not on board, so he respects his marriage. I found out that he's been crushing on my wife without saying. He got further into conversation. He's like, yeah, she probably wouldn't even find me attractive even if we were in the lifestyle. So I talked to her, and the lifestyle has brought out the fact that we communicate things like this with each other. And as soon as she said that she found him attractive and that, you know, if they were lifestyle or if he was single, that she would eat him up, it fucking turned me on so fucking quick. So I'm talking to him afterwards and I'm letting him know that those the results are in and the consensus is that he's an attractive man to her, both uh, personality-wise and physically. Long story short, I ended up sending him some pictures of her. He was my best man at my wedding. She had a dress slip and he got a view of the a quick view of the nipples and it's been kind of a laughing matter for all of us, including his wife, you know, of my wife's nipples, which you guys know of and appreciate as much as anybody else. <laughs> I don't know why, and, and I don't know that it'll ever happen because we don't want to ruin a marriage, and I kind of even feel guilty about sending you pictures of her, but holy shit, did we ravage each other out last night after I got home? Just the thought of it. We were both super aroused. We talked about it, and I wanted to share with somebody, and I don't have many other people I could share that story with. 
I appreciate you guys creating the platform where people can share things like this. I really think that your guys' podcast is going to change lives and, and make people's experience better in the lifestyle. And that's simply amazing. My partner and I aspire to be like Giannessa someday. Your laid back style, your ability to make people feel welcome and comfortable, no pressure, is definitely inspiring. So I just wanted to let you guys know that your podcast is amazing. I've been listening to quite a few different ones and I just found yours. I'm going to binge it and then I'm going to cry when I get have to wait a week between. Keep up the great work. So first of all, that is exactly why we created the hotline. Yes, 100%. It's for all of those people who are so excited and so thrilled about something that's going on in their lifestyle life that they just have to share it and they're bursting at the seams, but they just don't have the outlet in their regular daily life to be able to do that. And to hear that story, I am sitting here smiles and I'm just nodding my head like this is exactly what this hotline is for. And I'm going to Montana. So with or without you, (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to go to Montana, by the way. And don't tease Will because he will be making a bed ready and waiting for you. So (laughs) I'm not teasing. (laughs) I will follow through. Couple things I wanted to hit on that. First off, Mm -hmm. loved hearing the actual heavy equipment moving in the background (laughs) as he's talking to us. He mentioned learning what to expect and how everybody has different expectations and how to go about things. When we started this, we kind of expected this to be more of a call-in show, but everybody's been so damn excited to come in here and sit down and talk that we've gotten the opportunity to sit down and interview people, which I think is even better than I could have expected. We've learned so much. Not only have we, but we've offered the ability to teach other people all of these different viewpoints. And that's what I love about it is being able to share those different viewpoints because I'm always blown away by the fact that, oh, I never thought of it that way. And here we are being able to share it with our whole audience and open up their minds as well. And I love being able to share our experiences, like you getting tied up. Yes. And Echo and Falcon's feather fantasy. Yes. That was a popular one. It really was and still is. Yeah. I love how we always hear about couples listen separately and then come home and share their stories. Like, oh, how about this? We want to do this. Do we want to do this? Oh my God. I love that couples listen to it together. I love that they listen to it the same day and then come back and share stories. It's fun knowing that two people in a couple are like, hey, we have to hear this and we have to talk about it. I love that they used the fantasy episode to almost jumpstart their own fantasy talk, which then brought them even closer because now they had talked about his friend and Mm -hmm. then there's this, it's kind of the, I can't have that desire, but then it so sparked their own sex life, which Mm -hmm. just playing that out in their heads, in their own bedroom, just ignited into huge, amazing sex, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that sharing pictures with vanilla friends. Mm -hmm. You and your ex used to do that. Yes. One of the downsides for us is that we don't have a lot of vanilla friends because all of our time is spent with lifestyle friends. So there's not very many people that I can play this out with, but I really wish I could. You can't shock them with nudes of of your wife. (laughs) All of our lifestyle friends either have seen you naked or already have seen plenty of naked pictures of you. So like, yeah, I've always seen that. I mean, they still enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I will say that this was me and my ex-husband did something very similar where the man was friends with my husband and I was sending him nudes versus my husband sending him nudes. But I think that's where the turn on was for my husband was that, oh, you're receiving these nudes from my wife where I would send the same nude to both my husband and then his friend. And he would know I sent it to his friend and then kind of have the smirk because they worked together. So I'd send it at the same time. So he would know that he's receiving it and like look across the warehouse floor or whatever and see his friend open his phone and you have this immediate gratification of -hmm. watching your friend open this nude of your wife. So that's where it was really sexy for us, where I did it on purpose at a certain time of day where he could see his friend and I knew they were working together and it would be kind of like this little smirk on my face after I would send it off. Well, I will say about a week ago, I was out to dinner with some work people and I get a Snapchat from you and a little warning of, hey, that's not safe for work. (laughs) While I didn't open it at that time, my head instantly started spinning going, oh, I wonder if she sent this to anybody else. (laughs) 
And when I got home and was able to open it and I said, oh, did you send this to somebody else? And you said yes. And that definitely did spark a great conversation between us. Not only who did you send it to, but let's talk about their reaction. Yes. More of that would be great. <laughs> Noted. Nipple slip story. Yes. In her wedding dress, nonetheless. Yes. Speaking of weddings and nipple slips... We went to one of my employees' weddings with two of my other employees. Mm-hmm. It was an outdoor wedding, so we were in the backyard playing a game. And On the grass, and I was in heels, let's be clear. Hey, whatever, whatever. And we were playing... Uh, I think it was Can Jam. Can Jam, yeah. <laughs> and I'm in heels. Yes, and for some reason you're like, oh, it's Can Jam, I need to dive. <laughs> And you dive and get up and... I didn't purposely dive. I couldn't... Fair enough. (laughs) However, whatever the situation, you stand up and both tits are all the way out. And I'm like, uh, and I don't correct it immediately. And I turn and look across the field at the (laughs) two employees that are standing there just mouth agape looking at your incredible tits. And then I look back at you and kind of look down and you look down and go, pull them back up. Only to have it happen two more times during that game, mind you. Well, those boys, they weren't even prepared for boobs. They, They're like too young. Uh, they weren't prepared the first time, but boy, were they looking for it the next two times. Well, I gave them something for the spank bank. You, you, you made the wedding, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Last thing I want to say is a little bit of a warning. He did comment on how much they want to be like us and the no pressure and laid back and everything. I'm flattered. I am very much. I'm so flattered to hear that. But just a warning, my friend. That might not get you to the bedroom as quickly as you might be hoping. Yeah, laid back does not get the sex part going. But it does build some amazing friendships, which I couldn't be happier to have. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm a sucker for a Southern accent. So if she's going to call back and leave a second message, by all means, especially when she's talking about one of the things that I love to do. Oh, boy. Hey, y'all. Last week, I was listening to several podcasts. I like to catch up once in a while. I just noticed that G watches a lot. And I just, I guess I hadn't noticed before. I just happened to be paying more attention to that part. Well, this weekend, we had those lovely ladies come home again. And we added our guy friend. And I was so thrilled to sit back and to watch the whole action with my husband and our guy friend and the two ladies and me just being in the audience for several snippets of the time and it was so hot and all I just kept thinking about holy lordy Pete this is exactly what G likes I'm like no wonder he watches it was just so exciting and I was just I thought about it for several days I'm like man I think the watching is just so up there on my hot radar I can't wait to do it again I mean of course I like playing and I'm down for me being a participant but can I get a few minutes of just soaking it all in, watching what's going on? The live porn action is oh, chef kiss great. So anyways, thanks, G, for you know opening my eyes to that because it was amazing and I can't wait to do more of it. And I'm hoping to possibly see some of that tonight. I don't know. So thanks again, guys. I really feel we need to travel south more. <laughs> because I could listen to her talk all damn day. Yeah. Well, I will say her mind is just as blown as my mind was when I first got a chance to sit back and watch because I just never was drawn to wanting to watch. I always wanted to be part of the action because I thought, oh, it's kind of creepy sitting back, being the only one not performing. But the moment I got the chance to sit back and watch, I was like, wow, I can see this, like she says, live porn action. Mm -hmm. Chef's kiss. It's so true having that right in front of you and then having your partner be a part of the live porn action. That's even better yet. But I'm also in the same boat as well is that I don't want to watch the entire time. I want to participate at moments and I want to take a break at moments and be able to sit back and watch and kind of do it in between like a, a back and forth. 
Well, Lincoln Tory. Tory had no idea she would like to watch. Right. Suddenly, as I say, hey, let's not rush into this. Let's take a minute and watch. She became obsessed. And that's why I think this idea of maybe not both parallel playing at the same time or big pile, maybe, hey, let's just sit back and watch and then kind of merge in where there's a transition into it, where it's kind of the best of both worlds, where you get to watch and then phase in and then someone else may phase out and get to watch and just kind of a... But you have to watch somebody, so everybody doesn't get to watch. I know, but that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Stagger it in and out. Yeah. We can't finish a call-in episode without mentioning a friend who calls in very frequently. And I really, really, really wish he would let us play his messages because they are some of the nicest and sweetest and most thought-out messages we get. And every time we see his message come through, I am always looking forward to listening to it. And I am just always super flattered. And I just love, love, love to hear from him. So I'm going to play these messages for you now, Nessa. And then we're going to come back instantly and talk a little bit about the handful of messages that he's left since the last episode that we did this. But our listeners don't get to hear his Sorry, guys. lovely voice and his lovely messages. So he pays us so many compliments (laughs) that I can't even begin to number them, but there are a good like thousand compliments in each one of his, his voice memos. He called one time specifically just to congratulate us on our wedding. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, my heart melts every single time. I'm like, oh, it's, are we allowed to say his name? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's. Our friend from Virginia. Our friend from Virginia. And he's calling again. And I am just overjoyed every single time to hear whatever he has to say. And he tell us a story about how he heeds a warning about listening to Nessa sounds while gardening. Because Or doing anything else, just to warn you guys. Because <laughs> sometimes you have to stop doing what you're doing and go take care of yourself, apparently. Uh, yes, yes, I can assure you while doing everyday activities, that is something I have to do frequently. So, <laughs> And I'm flattered, flattered to hear that. He wanted to hear about my technique a little bit more. And he was one of the main reasons why we really broke that down when we did repeatedly. So, But I want to break it down just to, one more time in case. All right. What I do when I'm between a female's legs is I use a flat tongue against her clit and it's a repeated licking motion, but with pressure, not like not a light touch, but like a pressurized touch. You can also take your thumb and kind of pull back on her upper abdomen to kind of stretch that area out a little bit and continue to keep that pressure on the clit. The one thing I do not do is the tip of my tongue dinging against You're looking the right at me because you know full well that's my technique, but whatever. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what I don't do is I'm just... Which is why I think we work well together. A little bit of out. yours, a little bit of mine, and everybody leaves happy. And I'm not saying that that technique doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for me. So that is why I do... <laughs> with your evil eyes over here. <laughs> it's a technique that I would prefer done on me, so therefore I do it on other females. He goes on to compliment our interview style, which is funny because we are not professionals. No. To me, when we quote unquote interview people, we are literally just having a conversation. This is the conversation we would have at dinner if we happened to go out to dinner with yeah. this couple. And we don't prepare a list of questions. We never give our couples any like heads up. We usually let the interview take whatever course it's going to take. Yep. We're going to ask questions based on what And while that you guys works say. well, in most cases, there have been times when we've been kind of thrown off by answers or by stories and we're like, oh, whoa, we don't know what to say here. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so I really appreciate his compliments about our interview style because again, it's not something we plan. It's just really how a natural conversation would go. If you met us in person, that's really essentially <laughs> what it would be like. You do a lot of running the way this show goes in the sense of you've always wanted it to be more about sharing the sexy stories. Yes. 
And there are occasions where I chime in, I say, hey, no, we have to talk about some of the feelings that are involved here. Mm -hmm. And we have to make this a little serious or we have to like go down a path that we wouldn't typically go down. But we do aim to keep it sexy, lightweight and fun. Yes. And we steer clear of the deep feeling stuff and the crummy stuff, because while we all know that's a part of lifestyle stuff, it's not necessarily entertaining. So (laughs) I, I think we make such a great balance when we put this podcast together because you do your job and I do mine and we try to make that an equal balance and I, we try not to overwhelm people with the the feelings side of things because it can get really rough. It can. <laughs> when you start to get into the feelings stuff. And we are not counselors. Nope. We are not psychiatrists. We don't know the answers to all the deep-seated stuff. That goes we, we on can inside only talk people. On our experiences, <laughs> and and because of the way that we do things, and kind of let people do what they want to do, we don't run into that many bad experiences or bad feelings. Right. While we've given advice to plenty of couples, it's always given with, uh, "Hey, this is how we would handle it if we ever cross that line." But we don't know if a that's right for you or right for the situation. But here's what we're thinking. Exactly. So we we answer from our perspective and that's about all we can do. Yes. And we don't know everything. So we're kind of stuck with that limited perspective that we do have. And he ends with a very exciting, maybe going to happen soon in his life. Him and his girlfriend might have a interaction with a couple. Yes, they have had some singles interactions, but we are very much waiting patiently to get And I call. am sitting here with my fingers crossed and my toes crossed and everything crossed. And I hope that they had their interaction with their couple and I hope it went really well. Absolutely. Waiting to hear back to, to find out. So if you guys have your own stories or questions or just want to leave comments, good or bad, we really don't care. We just love hearing from you guys. We definitely take critiques well as well. We do. Yes. Call the hotline 844-4-HUMP DAY without the Y. Without the Y. And if you're outside of the U.S., that's a plus one, 844-4-HUMP DAY or 844-448-6732. Looking forward to hearing from everyone. (laughs) And again, we love hearing sexy stories, no matter how long or short. And you can leave very, very, very long voicemails on the system. So please feel free to do so. And if it cuts you off, call back. Yeah. It's just a voicemail. But we have yet to have anybody that cut off, so. (laughs) 844 for hump day without the Y. Thanks for joining us for a Hump Day Quickie. We hope this brought you some midweek excitement. If you have your own confession you'd like to share with us and our audience, please call 844-4-HUMP-DAY and leave us a message. Can't wait to hear your sexy stories.